Yes, yes, yes. Welcome to The Open Source. We're joined here today with two uh, special guests. If you guys want to introduce yourselves. Hi, James. Yeah, my name's Simon Elliott. Uh, I look after the technical account management function at Acquia. Hi, James and Tom. Uh, my name is Pralhat and uh, I am working as a lead technical account manager for AMIA region. And I look after day-to-day -day client engagements uh, for some of the clients from um, AMIA region. So today we've got um, one of these topics that's probably going to fly over Tom and I's head, but we're going to we're going to try and get through it together. So if you wouldn't mind just sort of just taking us through the maternity ward, if you like, of, of the topic that we're going to cover today. <laughs> um, so, You'll end up in ICU, James. <laughs> <laughs> so today we want to talk about Drupal. Now, if, if anyone's watching this, um, they've probably clicked on the, the link because they, they know what Drupal is. But would, you, would one of you guys mind giving us a synopsis of what it is? You can use Wix and Squarespace to publish a website. You can use Drupal to build your own custom version of Wix or Squarespace. If you're doing just a single site for your, your bakery, then that's fine. You may have only like five or ten pages and you can manage that well but as soon as you go into an enterprise level with a big project that has hundreds or thousands of pages or multiple similar projects and you need to consider like brand consistency style guides um, and editorial workflows then you need to start thinking about putting some governance in around that and this is where a uh, a bigger CMS really steps into the picture over those smaller, hyper-flexible um, products like Wix and Squarespace. And where is it? Where has it come from? Because I know that there are the the Drupal versions now are are, are making sort of leaps and bounds. I've done a little a little bit of research on on this, but has it come from a place where it has been almost like? And this is a terrible analogy, but Windows 3.1 in terms of how how much you can manipulate stuff and change stuff, and now it's moved into a different era. That's a really good question, and I think if you that try to make a comparison between Windows 3. the origin of Windows and the origin of of Drupal, you'll very quickly discover that Windows was uh, conceived in a corporate environment um, under normal proprietary uh, constrictions and restrictions. Whereas, and don't take this the wrong way, Drupal was conceived in a teenage boy's bedroom in Belgium um, almost 20 years ago. So I don't know if you know, uh, Dries uh, Butchart was the original founder of Drupal and he was at university in Ghent and uh, he was looking for a way um, to leverage some of the stuff that he was learning in the classroom, but to build a place for him and his fellow students to communicate together. So he, he wrote a way and developed the, the first version of Drupal. And as soon as he did, he, he released it out to his, his fellow students. And um, ever since that moment where he made it open source, the uh, crowdfunded, I think we would be a term that we use today, crowdfunded development, 
um, has ensured a kind of democratic um, and equitable approach to the development and evolution of Drupal. And it's a community now, isn't it? Oh, it's a huge community. Um, if you look at the number of, I don't have the number in front of me right now, but it is one of the most higher, highest contributed projects in the world. Wow. So, and what I mean by that is the number of active developers contributing into the Drupal project is, is as high as any other project in the world, be it open source or proprietary. Right. In terms of where it's got to today, is it now a simpler CMS to use? How does it keep the techies happy and the, and the people that want to pick up and use it? Uh, so I would say, I would like to highlight here uh, three Drupal versions, the Drupal 7. Uh, it has been a very developer-friendly uh, version of Drupal, one after, and still we see lot many thousands of websites still on Drupal 7. Um, when it was in Drupal 7, still the framework was very much tailor-made specific to Drupal. Right. And those things were not fully utilized elsewhere apart from Drupal CMS. Um, it was a big, I would say, innovation or a big leap in terms of transformation when we switched to Drupal 8 and we adopted a very industry standard kind of framework called Symfony. Then over Drupal 9, it was more like uh, the, the flexibility, much flexibility given for developers and also a big change for marketeers as well. I would say content developers, content managers, marketeers who actually consume the application. Right. So, so in that direction, definitely, yes, uh, not only technical people, but also non-technical people have embraced the way we have progressed towards multiple versions. And the uh, most recent one is uh, Drupal 9X. Right. So you could confidently show Tom and I how to use Drupal 9. I reckon. <laughs> yeah. But given half a day, I could even have you build a website. Maybe I'll come clean a little bit because I used to be an Acquia customer. Uh -huh. um, I did not know that. Um, I guess my confession is I have edited a page in Drupal before myself. That was Drupal 7. So Drupal 9, who knows what I'd be able to do. <laughs> the mind boggles. I, I don't, so I don't know what I'd be able to do. <laughs> I, I have to admit, I, um, I did download a copy of Drupal onto, onto my laptop and then I had to run something... Uh, a SQL app as well. I can't remember the name of it, but there was a picture of an elephant. Oh, um, MAMP. That's it, MAMP. I could do kind of the stuff that I could do on other CMSs, but there was almost like a whole world of other stuff that I could do that I just needed to educate myself on. And I guess that's where the skill set comes in. <laughs> I mean, if you want educating, James. Yes, please. The, um... <laughs> The thing that you downloaded, we traditionally call Drupal Core, and that is the, the set of code and style and modules that makes up the core features and functionalities of, of Drupal. So it's where everybody starts from. Right. And then on top of that, you can add your own um, custom features and functionality, but there's a huge repository online of community contributed uh, look and feels and features and functionality that you can you can pick and choose from to to put into your project to uh, bring those 
those uh, features and functionalities to, to your own project. So, so to jump in there, and James, this is a little bit off-piste. The regular listeners, viewers, whatever, uh, will have heard about my bar, the lockdown. Right. Have you seen that, Simon? You've seen the lockdown before? No, yeah, I've not. I've had an invite, but I've never seen the picture. So I'm, I'm thinking yeah. about, I might accept that now. Including its very own uh, beer tap now as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. So... Uh, off-piste, very tangent. What if we made a website for the lockdown, James? This could be our little open source project. Yeah. Is that not bootlegging or is that something else? Oh, you to see, it's, only, it's only bootlegging if we sell something. No, I mean, as long as the beer is free. Yeah. Yeah, then it's not illegal, right? Yeah. No. Okay. There's a bit of synergy there with the, the Drupal project. And I remember being a, a Drupal con I know, many years ago, and the the slogan on the T-shirt was Drupal, uh, free as in free beer. So uh, <laughs> as, as long as your bar sells free beer, then um, it, it's aligned with the Drupal message. Out of interest, say we build this website um, and it's, it's, it's crazy. We've got, you know, Dragon's Den knocking on our door. All it that goes kind viral. Of, yeah, it goes, it goes viral. Deborah Meaden's like just ah, oh, she just won't leave us alone. Yeah. What, in terms of scaling that website up to deal with the ridiculous demand that we're going to get for beer off one tap, <laughs> could we leave the site as it is? How would we then cope with increased traffic with Drupal? Uh, I would like to give a kind of simple example of Onion, uh, which has got multiple layers. Let's consider the innermost layer uh, uh, could be our uh, Drupal's website. And uh, whenever we keep on getting the more and more traffic, so we have got, you know, the outer layer could be something called as uh, Akamai or Cloudflare. Then we have got uh, Load Balancer. Uh, We would also like to get benefited out of the tools like uh, Memcached or Redis. Uh, Again, we can also have something a reverse proxy based on Nginx and Vanish. And then perhaps beyond that, we can have something that is inherent with Drupal. So what that we are trying to do here, uh, we are just trying to minimize the number of hits coming to our Drupal website. And uh, uh, the dynamic requests get to Drupal only when it is required. So, you know, from that angle, definitely we can keep on scaling it up. And as on when we see increase in traffic, as on when we see increase in um, increase in uh, the way people are using it. Uh, that's where I think we'll have to think about. Right. So by the time we get to um, me hosting the lockdown festival 2021 <laughs> with 70,000 people and tickets going on sale a full year before, then you know we can scale up the website as we need to, basically. Exactly. Yeah. And whilst it's just the, your you and your your two mates, Tom, looking at the website, the all of those things that Prahlad just mentioned, they're already built into a lot of the Drupal hosting platforms that are available today. Um, so they're, they're pretty standard fare that you, when you buy a, a bit of Drupal hosting, that it will have a, a CDN layer, that it will have the other layers of, of cache in there. So for your 
basic marketing site that has no direct engagement with the customer other than just push, pushing information out, you're pretty safe on most uh, platforms today to, yeah. to launch right up until the moment that you start wanting to sell beer online and a, a taco delivery service. This is just like we're going into business together, Tom. I don't even... I'm in. I had no part in, I had no part in this until you showed me what it was. Um, so at what point did Tom and I need someone, need a dev person or someone technical to jump in on that site? If Tom's intention was to only ever run his lockdown bar for him and his three mates, then probably uh, the right solution for Tom would be a Wix or a Squarespace or something like that. Mm. But if, you know, we're talking now about what's going to happen in two years' time, we've got some real excitement building here around this this business and there might be... Uh, the uh, lockdown in James's garden coming and the lockdown in, uh, in Prelad's garden as well. And once we, if we think we're building something that's going to scale, then Wix starts not being the right solution and Drupal does. There will be a need for some, some sort of technical expertise to help you evolve to each stage. But once you're at a stage then you should just be able to use it and run it as as the content editors and marketers. This is the first time we've, we've done this as well, James. I'm just going to share my screen. The absolutely fantastic news, because every good marketer needs this, right? The lockdownbar.com domain is available. So, I mean, <laughs> the, the wheels are turning. Uh, as far as I'm concerned. I think we're on a, we're on a road to just sheer revenue at this That's point. That's a bargain as well, isn't it? How is, yeah, absolutely. That, how is that possibly available? Well, I think we the can lockdown. wrap it up there, guys. But thank you very much for your time today. I've definitely learned something this week. Um, what we need technically for something to scale and also how we should think about it, I guess, strategically uh, when approaching the project from the beginning. What, what's our intentions? Where are we going to get to? And how should we design our website to be right-sized from the beginning? And we have either maybe committed to this or not, but we're going to build a website for the lockdown bar. Yeah. Uh, stay tuned, watch this space. I've just learned that I need to be effectively some kind of parasite onto your business strategy. <laughs> <laughs> just draining funds off at the side. Is that your strategy, James? You've, I'm like an agent. You've shown your hand too early. <laughs> I'm like an agent. I skim off the top. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll, uh, I'll put my stake in the ground and say I'm, I'll happily be a patron. Uh, <laughs> Very good. Whilst you do stand the other side of the bar. Simon, we can test out how to make the perfect Negroni. I know that's your, your tip. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Indeed. guys. Thanks for your time. Thanks for inviting us. It's been, uh, it's been great fun. And uh, it's always interesting to hear the other side of the, the story. And uh, it's been equally a, a learning experience for me as well. Thank you.